This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot to get to as Sonny Dykes and Tim Jankovic both met with the media on Monday Got some things to run down as it is a huge week with SMU taking on Memphis. 6.30 on Saturday night in Memphis with ABC bringing you guys the broadcast. ESPN College Game Day will be on site. What a week. It's going to be on Pony Stampede, but also really just for SMU overall. I mean, this is a huge, huge deal as SMU and Memphis top 25 matchup. The first Matchup for SMU of top 25 teams in the AP poll this season. Look, it it this one is is really, in my opinion, kind of for all the marbles. This is a great season for SMU already, and and unless they totally tank down the stretch, th- this isn't going to change that no matter what kind of whatever happens on Saturday night. But for me, this is this is how you establish yourself as a truly great program in the national sense. Everyone right now recognizes Memphis, recognizes UCF, to an extent Houston, even though they're having a really rough year. But if you want the credibility of being a program that can compete not only for conference championships, which SMU is doing last year and this year, but in that sense of the New Year's Six. New Year's Six Bowl and have people talking about you throughout the offseason, you have to win a game like this. And SMU, going into this one, they're not favored. The line's moving Memphis's way as well, so there's a lot of confidence on the Tigers to get this one done. But look, for me, and, and just kind of leading off the week, I think I love that this game is on the road. I think if College Game Day was at SMU for this one, th- this would just be, it would be that pinnacle point of, of so much pressure and so much going on that sometimes it's a net negative for the home team. And while Memphis has dealt with expectations before in the past, I'm going to go with SMU being on the road, kind of being slept on, honestly, in this one. There will be a lot of conversation about SMU, but being underdogs on the road when you're ranked you know, fairly significantly higher than the other other team says a lot about where people think you are right now in terms of going into this one. And look, if Reggie Robertson can't go in this one, that's a big blow for SMU, certainly. And we'll talk about that and kind of how they might have to approach this game if he can't play. But overall, and I've said this, I've said this for for a long time, kind of as we've looked ahead in the past going to this game and um, with other road games as well. But SMU has been a really strong road team this year. They love getting away from their own uh, in home environment in a way and kind of dealing with you know, fa- friends, family, uh, girlfriends, wives, whatever, and just going out and, and playing football because this team is built on a workmanlike mentality. And, and Ryan Becker, I thought, was kind of the perfect choice for SMU to bring out to the media availability on Monday evening ahead of Sonny Dykes' press conference. He talked about really, I mean, 
nothing really kind of changes. We just want to go about our business and kind of prepare for a game that is the one on our schedule this week. And we've got a lot of veteran guys that are helping kind of keep things in check. And our young guys that we do have have really been strong in terms of how they've approached the season and how they've been working and, and trying to contribute or, or preparing the offense or preparing the defense with scout looks and things like that. So this is a game that is built kind of perfectly for SMU, the way it's being hyped. I mean, look, let's let's be honest. You're probably going to have Penny Hardaway as the ESPN College Game Day guest picker, so you'll have the Penny Penny hype. They'll get some shout-outs for basketball program as well. And, and look – then you've got the lead up. And I think when you're on the road, sometimes that lead up to that night game, and who knows, guys, I mean, we've seen this from from SMU time and again, and we've kind of just been waiting for it to happen this year, is the letdown. And the letdown on a big stage, whether it was Houston Thursday night, or whether it was TCU as they kind of were collapsing there for a minute, and then they got the defensive stop at the end, or having to come back against Tulsa. They've accomplished a ton already and they've done it in ways that are just kind of brutal to go through right the the comeback against Tulsa having to go on the road on short week against a team you haven't beaten in 15 years at their place and go in and win a road game on a Thursday night with a team that was playing inspired after a bad performance against Connecticut and they've kind of they've kind of passed these tests and this is just the latest test for SMU is is going on the road facing Memphis, a very good Memphis team, and and one that is really emerging, especially with Kenneth Gainwell, as having just truly, really big-time uh, players in terms of uh, Gainwell. I mean, he is he is probably the best overall player SMU will face all year, is Kenneth Gainwell. And, uh, whether the, and that includes Jalen Rager earlier in the year. He is unbelievable in terms of all the things he can do. Sonny Dykes dished a ton of praise on him on Monday night about all the different things he can do and put stress on the defense. If Patrick Taylor from Memphis is able to go, he'll be one to kind of watch as well. But overall, this this comes down to a game like this with, with two really good football teams, with two good quarterbacks. It does come down to how you prepare, how you come out, and, and how you execute early on. And because that that early execution can then set the tone for how the game can go. When SMU went on the road at Houston and they got stuffed on the fourth down play against Houston and they didn't get in on the screen pass, you could kind of, uh, uh, or, or they uh, dropped the uh, drop the uh, touchdown, Reggie dropped the touchdown. That was kind of like the, okay, it might be one of those nights. When Kylan Granson dropped the, dropped the trick play, might be one of those nights. Their execution this week has to be on point early because if there's anything we've seen from SMU during the course of the big games, They've come out with trick plays. They've come out with some some uh, razzle-dazzle and, and things like that. And and look, they're going to look to try to catch Memphis off guard. Memphis's defense isn't incredible by any means. And, and SMU's going to have to have a chance to, to hit those big plays early on to kind of settle the team down, make some splashes, and then go from there. The one thing I've, I'm concerned about going into this one is certainly if Reggie Robertson can't play, how can SMU adjust and get off to a really strong start? Because the we've, we've seen SMU, for the most part this season, play really well in the first half. But against Houston, obviously that wasn't the case. They, they kind of 
you know, just kind of cruised for a lot of the game. They didn't really go out and dominate like we've seen them do at TCU, USF, North Texas, those type of games. They need to have that type of a quarter, especially in the first quarter against Memphis. It would be a really, really big deal if they were able to come out, get a couple early touchdowns or a touchdown and field goal, get a double-digit lead and start going to work and start running the football and not trying to escape, but they have to be able to, to play ahead in this one. That's that's the big thing for me that I'm watching this this week. And SMU has to be able to run the football. Xavier Jones, obviously one of the top ru- rushers in college football. So is Kenneth Gainwell. Memphis is going to be able to run a little bit of clock. SMU has to keep their defense fresh if they're going to be able to stop Kenneth Gainwell. I like the matchup of SMU's defensive line who can get pressure on the quarterback and certainly make mistakes, uh, force Brady White into some mistakes. But overall, I, I do think this is a game that just kind of looking looking at it early on this week, they've got to be able to play from ahead. Now, we've got some subscriber uh, questions from our Pony Stampede subscribers. We're going to get to those on the other side of this break and kind of talk a little bit more about Memphis as SMU continues to prepare for this one. So we'll be right back with the Pony Stampede podcast after break. And we'll jump into those subscriber questions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button for us as we continue to bring you guys the podcast a couple times a week. And look, as SMU prepares for Memphis, all eyes are on Reggie Robertson. Will he be able to play? Sonny Dykes basically said he's going to be a game-time decision on Saturday. Obviously, the walking boot wasn't a great sign on Saturday night. And Ryan Becker kind of let some things slip as well that, that didn't look promising. But look, if SMU doesn't have Reggie Robertson, they're going to have to find other players to step up, right? Duh. Rasheed Rice is going to have to be a big part of that. But I think the X factor and and somebody that had a good game against Houston but also missed some big opportunities was Kylan Granson. He is somebody that, and I said this going into the Temple game and then he had a big game, he can force some serious matchup issues. He's got that big frame, but he also runs a, a 4-4-4-5. He's been clocked at that. He's a big guy that can, that can also stay in the game and block. If that's something you can get him involved – and, and kind of force force Memphis not to double James Prochet and, and say, look, okay, fine, we've got to play with a safety here and we've got to play kind of straight-up defense, that'll certainly help. If Rasheed Rice can have as big of an impact as he did against Tulsa late in that game when, when Reggie Robertson went out, that will be an added boost. The big thing for SMU, if they don't have Reg, Reggie Robertson, is figuring out a way to make Memphis still defend the team straight up. So whether that involves Xavier Jones having a big start, forcing Memphis to bring somebody up into the box and not double-team James, they've got to find a way 
to get rid of the double team for, for James Prochet. And we saw that, you know, Shane took a deep shot to James uh, in the second half, I believe it was, against Houston, and he was double teamed and it fell incomplete. He was taking a shot that normally Reggie Robertson would be in single coverage with. And when you don't have that other speedster like Reggie is, that's something that's going to kind of hurt. And so I think the offense might look a little different this week. SMU has to stay aggressive. They can't just not take their shots because I do think that shot, those shots help obviously loosen things up for the ground game and kind of make Memphis respect the entire field. And so if I was SMU, I would I would certainly be on the aggressive early on. I, I think I would still roll out a trick play and it'll be interesting to kind of see how they approach things with the weather. It's supposed to be cold. It might be rainy uh, a little bit, but they've got to be able to stay aggressive and, and kind of play their game that they have at certain times and hope that Rasheed Rice can have the impact that they they hope he can. And maybe look, maybe this is a game that Calvin Wiggins steps in and, and takes some snaps as well. He's got some, he's, he's one of the fastest players to come out of the class in, in the 2019 class, not just for SMU, but in the country. He's really one of those fastest guys. So can he stretch the stretch the field? Can he take the top off the defense? This is a game that maybe you say, okay, all right, we're going to play him in his second game and see how things pan out. And and maybe, you know, depending on Reggie's Reggie's injury uh, history, maybe his red shirt goes away. But look, I I think right now, if if I'm Memphis, I think blitzing is probably one of the best things they can they can do if if you're looking at it from Memphis's perspective because you have James Prochet. It's kind of similar to to what Kevin Kane can do at times uh, to to opposing teams. If you've noticed on the fourth down plays. Uh, Kevin Kane, a lot of the things he does is he, he comes with heavy pressure and he puts his most reliable guy on the opposing team's best receiver because you know that the quarterback's going to go go that way. So I think the 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 thing that Memphis can do is they can bring pressure and, and Shane won't have as many places to look. And, and so uh, that's if Reggie's out. So um, that's kind of something to watch. I, I haven't really watched too much in terms of how much Memphis blitzes on this season, but um, that that's kind of I, I think anytime you can attack SMU's offensive line a little bit more and force them to to pick guys up uh, more guys up, I think that's going to be a, an issue. Um, on on defense, I think SMU's just got to play its game, and I know that sounds really simple, but this is a defense that gets after the gets after the passer better than almost anyone in the country. I think they're second overall in the nation in sacks. Um, and, and Patrick Nelson is, was number one in the country before Chase Young went on his four-sack tear for Ohio State. Um, so he's number two in the country. Pat Nelson's going to be critical this weekend. They are going to have to get after Brady White. And, and look, they've got to shut down Kenneth Gainwell. I'm not necessarily too... Um, too concerned in a way with SMU's ability to shut down Gainwell. I don't think they're going to shut him down. I think it's limiting his big play ability and and kind of how you can stop those big plays from happening. SMU's number 25 in the country in stopping the run. And and I think that's a positive. And and so it's going to be an interesting matchup in that regard because look, SMU has has the defensive line depth to to be there when it when it comes to doing this they do and they've proven that throughout the year can they stop the big play and not let it hurt them um that's the big one 
And, and look, it, it's one of those things where it, it's kind of similar to, to SMU's passing attack, right? SMU's passing attack or passing pass defense has given up a lot of yards. Heading into the Houston game, their yards per play given up was actually one of the best in the country. I think it was like at number 30, somewhere right around in that range. And then what happens? SMU gives up two just big plays to, to Houston, allows them to, to, to just make big plays, and that hurts. And, and the 97-yard one hurts. So SMU will, will certainly have to um, tackle better than it did against Houston, take better angles. I think if they get Armani jo- Johnson back, which I think they will, That'll be huge in the secondary. But when Brady White drops back to pass, they've got to get sacks. They cannot just – they'll get pressure. I'm not too worried about SMU getting pressure when Brady White goes to pass. But getting sacks, setting up Memphis in second and long, third and long situations will take Gainwell a little bit out of the plan as much. You know, They might use him in the screen game, so you're going to have to play disciplined. But being able to, to just kind of – force their hand in terms of passing the ball rather than running would be huge. So it's this game's going to be one in the trenches. I don't think there's there's any doubt about it. I, I, I think if you're able to get pressure on the quarterback and you're able to stop the opposing team's run game, you're probably going to stand a really good chance to win this ball game. Whoever does that best, it'll be critical uh, in this one. So um, those are kind of some thoughts right now. Uh, in terms of some of our questions from our Pony Stampede subscribers, uh, in terms of injury updates, Look, I mean, Judah Bell, he looks like he's headed potentially kind of out for the year. I don't know, though, but it doesn't – there just never seems to be a a promising look for him right now. I think he was in a boot or had a knee brace on ahead of the Temple game, so that's not great. Cameron Jones, kind of same way. Maybe maybe they end up redshirting him, which it's okay. I don't think – he wasn't playing a big role to begin with. You've had Chase Cromartie and you've had Chevin Callaway kind of emerge. So why, I mean, if he's going to redshirt, I think that's fine in the grand scheme of things um, uh, for, for Cameron Jones. He just hasn't been a factor this year defensively. In terms of why TJ McDaniel didn't play against Houston, I think, look, you're on the road. It rained a little bit. You got two senior running backs, just ride them. And yes, his red shirt's already burned, but um, I think he's kind of in more of a, spell situation you'll 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 kind of see him uh in certain situations and look I don't necessarily think you'll see him against Memphis maybe barring some injuries but um yeah I I just think he is the third running back right now he's a freshman that they really like he plays on special teams and um you know there's no reason right now in these in these certain games for him to take carries away from from Cayman and 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 especially Xavier so um now, kind of moving on to some of these future questions uh, for SMU, and then we'll talk just a touch of basketball before jumping off the pod. But all right, so if SMU loses this weekend, kind of what what what's the scenario? And and I don't I don't really tend to be a bowl expert. I think they can go anywhere uh, from the Military Bowl to the Frisco Bowl to the Gasparilla Bowl to wherever. Uh, if they were to just have one loss on their on their resume, and I think it would kill the chances of the Cotton Bowl because, uh, I mean, unless they beat Memphis and then lose to maybe Tulane at the end of the year, but even then, I, I just don't. You, ha- I think you have to be ranked in the top fifteen in the country 
and be the top group of five schools. So you can't be like twenty number twenty five. I might be wrong on that, but I thought that was kind of the deal when you take when when you're talking about the bowl that is the top bowl for the group of five teams. So, um, but a loss. Look, I think a loss just kind of kills the chances of the Cotton Bowl. Now, in terms of how many losses SMU can have this season and still win a conference title, if they beat Memphis, they can have two losses, I would say. So if they lost to East Carolina for some reason, like if they if they beat Memphis and then just blew it and lost to East Carolina, and then I'm looking at the uh, conference uh standings right now in the AAC West but if they lost to Navy I would say they lost to Navy they would need yeah they would need so they could lose to Tulane basically they could if they blew it against East Carolina after beating Memphis and then they blew it against Tulane and Tulane got beat by somebody else then SMU could beat Navy and go to the conference. So they, one is really the safe bet, guys, if we're being honest. I, I mean, just one. But two, they can, depending on who they lose to, win a conference championship and go to the conference championship game. Now, uh, how would SMU fare, fare against Baylor? I think I think they'd be more than competitive. I mean, it just depends on where the game is, kind of the circumstances. Is, is SMU healthy? Is Baylor healthy? Um, when's it played? I mean, is it a bowl game when, when who knows, maybe they get, uh, you know, whoever's healthy or not healthy. I think that'd be fine. I mean, I, I don't, I look at things like this. I, I think sometimes when you look at programs and you look at how they've recruited, I don't think Baylor's recruited in, incredibly well in terms of getting guys that w- that can just come in and physically beat down an SMU. It's kind of like, Wake Forest. Would SMU beat Wake Forest? They could probably beat Wake Forest. On the flip side, can they beat kind of like, can they beat Florida State? They they probably could. But at the same time, Florida State has a ton of athletes, like a, a, a legit number of athletes. So kind of, you kind of weigh that. But I think SMU would be more than competitive against Baylor. Um, it's just kind of what, what the circumstances are. Also, uh, this is a good question. Which freshman on each side of the ball has the most star future all-conference all potential? Uh, I think Calvin Wiggins and Rasheed Rice are uh, all three receivers could be all-conference type players. Um, all are great athletes. Uh, Rasheed's really come along quickly. Calvin Wiggins has all the talent in the world and, and looks like he'll be a stud. Keontae Burns, Kiki Burns. Will he stay on offense? Will he go over to defense? That's something that you know, something to watch. If he goes to defense, I think he'd be a stud as well. Receiver, we'll see kind of how he goes, but uh, he's got the athleticism to do it. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think uh, Chase Cromarty is is staking a staking a big claim right now to to be an all conference type player. Somebody he he's probably going to end up like Rodney Clemens where. He is going to start for the next four years after Rodney's gone and and be an all conference type player. I think he's the one to certainly sit back and 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 watch uh, in that regard. I think Elijah Chapman's going to have a chance to be to be a legit big time type of player for SMU. I know they love him and and there's a reason why he hasn't redshirted. He's just come in and, and kept playing um, in certain situations. So. Those are some guys. I mean, both T.J. McDaniel and 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 Ulysses Bentley can can be. Um, Guys that really stand out as well. Nelson Paul is another one. 
So I think you're going to hear a lot about the, these freshmen for a long time. They did a really good job picking the guys uh, in this class and, and kind of you know, not reaching on players. Donald Clay is, has traveled every game. He's redshirted, but he's somebody they're really high on. Roderick Robertson, Roderick Roberson uh, is somebody they're really high on as well, and he's redshirting. But, um, yeah, they, they, they've done a really good job in this freshman class. I'm interested to see how Daniel Sinike and, and Tay Brooks play, play out, but – I don't, they're not going to have to play even next year, most likely. So um, there's a there's a lot of talent in this freshman class in terms of how many they they took, and and they're they're pretty high on most of them. So I, I but Chase Cromartie is one that really stands out to me. He's he, defensively, especially he's he's been uh, he's been excellent this year and and has stepped up in a big way. Looking ahead, and this is uh, the final football question of the day: uh, How? Might SMU look with McBride and Richard McBride, Richard Moore, and Delana Robinson back? I, I'm interested to see how they're going to do that as well because I think you do have to get McBride in more situationally like they did this year. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Trevor Denbo. Do they slide him down to Pat Nelson's spot and have him more in, in the box? I could see that happen, happening. But right now it's just kind of too early to tell. You've got your third-leaning tackler in Delano Robinson – uh, at least he was going into the Houston game before his ejection. You've got Richard Moore, who's a captain. Richard McBride, who's played well, but he's, he's kind of struggles at times in coverage. So I, I think situationally is kind of the role for Richard McBride, but he's been been huge this year. He stepped up in a big way. So, And that's not to mention Shane Haley will be back. So they've got options, and but I think Jimmy Phillips uh, is certainly going to be in line to play that other outside linebacker spot where Patrick Nelson is. They're high on him, and he'll be a – Reg, uh, he'll be a uh, junior by that point. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, pieces to kind of move around when it comes to the outside linebacker position that'll be vacated by Patrick Nelson later on uh, after he graduates. But with that, that's it on the football side of things. We are going to flip over to some basketball. Uh, quick question from the board: What's Bryce Cook up to? Is he in school? And um, how's he doing? Bryce Cook, I don't I don't know if he's in school. Um, I, I, I did see out there that it was certainly, uh, he was tweeting about a comeback potentially, and, and some of his coaches were talking about that. So I'm interested to see kind of how he ends up going about that and, um, where he ends up because he's a great kid and, and look, but, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the stroke strokes that he's had that, uh, that it's it's kind of just a tough tough deal um but but he's uh um yeah i'll have to i'll have to dig on that and and see see what happens but um i don't i don't i i think he's at smu but he's he's not playing basketball but i'll have have to check on that i I haven't seen anywhere that he that he uh that he landed and and all of that so um but on the basketball side of things, SMU continues to wait for their waivers to be approved. And, and I, I, I think as you're kind of seeing some of these trends emerge in terms of, um, in terms of waivers being approved and all of that and um, kind of where they're headed, uh, they've approved most of them, the NCAA so far. So I like SMU's chances to, to get their waivers at this point. Definitely optimistic about uh, Kendrick Davis who Tim Jankovic said would be the starting point guard if he's eligible, which which makes a ton of sense, and, and he's a difference maker for SMU. 
He also alluded to Darius McNeil potentially being a starter type player, but he's established in the Pac-12 is what Tim Jankovic said, and and he's going to be a big piece to the rotation. So Darius McNeil and, and Kendrick Davis, two guys to watch. Davis, I would say more so than not in terms of the, the starting job. But uh, look, I think the big takeaway from from uh, Tim Jankovic meeting with the media on Monday was was the backup point guard spot. Manuel Bandamel, Tyson Jolly, C.J. White, Charles Smith were the options that he talked about for the point guard position. And I think that's concerning. That That is, when you talk about a junior college player that in, in Bandamel that I think was up and down most of junior college, you got C.J. White, who really hasn't proved anything at SMU, and then a true freshman in Charles Smith. Those three are kind of concerning to me. Tyson Jolly, really tough. Definitely not a distributor type but would kind of bring some toughness to the point guard position, but he, he's more of a shooting guard. So I think it's 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 really going to be interesting as far as how they handle that if for some reason they get them all struck down. But it, it's, uh, it's concerning the depth behind them. So they can't get in foul trouble. They definitely need to be able to, to, to be in – you know, on the court. I mean, this SMU team's not going to fare well if if Kendrick Davis and Darius McNeil aren't aren't if they're eligible and and playing. If they're not, if they get into foul trouble or do things like that, it'll fall apart because Kendrick is going to be somebody that really makes this team go um, from the point guard position. Now, kind of moving back over to Everett Ray, uh, Tim Jankovic did give some positive news on that one. Everett Ray has been just going full speed for a while now and and so uh, he was asked about kind of maybe holding him out or easing him back in but he said look they've been he's been full speed and the bones have healed really well and and so they haven't had any concerns with Everett Ray so far so that's big for SMU's front court which is going to be a little thin until Isaiah Jassy gets eligible at the mid-semester break but Ethan Shagwa, Everett Ray, you look at Ferran Hunt, maybe Isaiah Mike some of those guys mixing in there, that's a big positive for SMU. And then if you add Jassy into the mix, I mean, that's uh, that's big. And and so they need quality minutes from Everett Ray, something they've really never gotten from him out of his SMU career since he's battled the injuries. But that was a big positive as well um, from, from Tim Jankovic's Monday media availability. So SMU season is just around the corner. Jacksonville State, they'll start prepping for that really next week as that kind of comes up. And uh, we'll continue to preview the season. I hope you guys have enjoyed the content from Kevin Reynolds, our new basketball writer. He's been churning it out and, and all of that. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Definitely check us out. A big shout out to all of the new subscribers. We've had a ton of new subscribers. We're actually, I mean, we are up uh, to an all-time high and it's not even close. So everybody jumping on board for the football news and um, look, we're going to talk a little bit more recruiting on Thursday. SMU continuing to kind of pick up some momentum on the recruiting trail. Will it lead to a commitment soon? We'll talk about that later in the week on the Pony Stampede podcast.